1: Welcome to a very breedy Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Jimmy. And with me, as always, is the other host of the show... Tack, hello, hello, hello. And on this podcast, we celebrate the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch, as we break down the bunch one episode at a time. What well, we do, Tack, as you know, mm-hmm. we break it down. Mm-hmm. We beg for it to be one part, mm-hmm. only to be happy it got another part. Ooh. But when we start bullying it, mm-hmm. we make it pissed off until it pretends to sprain its ankle, mm-hmm. pretends to get laryngitis, oh. but later comes back. Oh. All for your listening enjoyment. Yeah. Today's episode, we look at season four, episode 12, entitled, Everybody Can't Be George Washington. Mm-mm. If you haven't watched this episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might make it a hell of a lot more funny if you do. Mm-hmm. The Brady Bunch is available to stream on Hulu, CBS All Access, and now, yeah, Amazon Prime! That <sighs> well, feels good to say. And Paramount Plus. And Paramount Plus, yes. yes. Yeah. Oh,
0: boy. Yes. Yes. So, Jimmy asked me how my how my week was. How was your week, Tech? It was fine as wine, kind of chatty. Oh, I shit.
1: Did it. I did it. What did was the second this? one? I don't know. Swing, uh, swings. Yeah, swing, out. swing. All right. right. That's cool. That's oh. well, no longer fun, but that's cool. Let's know. Yeah, all right. Next week, I'm sure I'll forget again. <laughs> so, you know, some, something feels different this week. It just... I know what it is. <sighs> what is it? I maybe it's
0: I rearranged maybe. No, well, no, because I, how about this? Can you feel that? I'm touching you. Oh, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> do you like that? I do
1: like, I mean, what?
0: Oh, well, we're in the same room. We are in the
1: same room. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. weird. It is weird. It's different. I can smell you. I just farted. Oh. oh, yeah.
0: Oh, anyway, how was your week? It was all right. Not too bad. Can't complain. That's good. I had yes. to get a new battery for my car. That sucks. Well, yeah, you should know. You had to do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully
1: they didn't charge you much. <laughs> Jimmy Klein. They did. <sighs> Thinking about just Sparked it into my memory. <laughs> You're on fire. Yes, I you am. are on fire, sir. I am positive I am. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, anyways.
0: Flames are shooting from you, sir. They are. you are yes. on fire, too. It's going to be a great episode. I yes. Tell. Yes. I tell. But seriously, back to the battery thing. So, like, <laughs> you drove out here to help me get put a battery in my car. Okay, right. First of all, I'm not completely useless. I know a little bit about how to do this. Okay. But I just don't have the tools to do it. Okay. So that's why you came out. Yes. Just so our listeners understand. Yes. So we went up to advanced auto parts. Okay. And then you're like, okay, you were there, Jimmy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Um, and then so like, you're know, like pop the hood. So I did. And then like you start taking out the battery with your tools and stuff. Like yep. that. I'm like, well, I'm going to go inside and be two steps ahead and get the battery ready. And that way you just got to walk in with the old one and walk right out. and We'll be done. That way
1: it's like a final machine.
0: Yeah. Like a final, like a pit crew yeah like a pit crew so i was like i'm gonna go inside get a head start on this get this thing going and then jimmy comes walking in like um, do they have the battery i'm like i don't know i can't find it <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, what do you mean and i was like well it says i need this one but i can't find it and then jimmy is like it's right there and i was like oh and so he literally picks up and carries it to the register for me <laughs> well it's you know it's heavy i don't want you to drop it on your foot <laughs> and then you're like, well, let me go outside and bring the old one in. How silly of me. Instead of handing it to me, you put it on the counter. Like I'm your wife and you don't want me to hold anything heavy. But then I was like, no, it's okay. You know, you leave. And so I pick it up to hold it. And the guy's like, you can put that down here. I was like, okay. <laughs>
1: it's almost like I've done it before.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so I put it down the counter. So I never had to hold it. And uh, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, my husband's outside getting the old one. <laughs> and so uh so you came back in brought the old one and then i paid for it and then i think you carried it out i think i think so yeah yeah. maybe i did no you did i carried it out i carried it out there you go you're welcome and then uh
1: then you installed it and good to go boom (laughs) that was our excitement for today so we put it in the car tighten everything up boom john Janice, we're ready to go john Janice. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Bob's your uncle? Yeah. I was watching a video the other day and I heard a guy say, Bob's your uncle? Boom, Bob's your uncle. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Because I'd never heard that single <laughs> until like a couple weeks ago. Good old Peter McKinnon. Yeah, that's where I heard it from. Exactly, yeah. Hmm. hmm. Okay. Anyway, we got an exciting episode today. I think we do, yeah.
1: Yeah. Seems a little familiar, though, which we'll talk about later. Yes. I, I kind of detected that a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in this episode, um, uh, this show makes a big deal about Benedict Arnold, man. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> always, like, does. I don't know if Sherwood Shorts had this thing for Benedict Arnold. I don't know. But
0: um, we even got an email recently from Emmy Kate, and she said the same thing. She's like, yeah. another episode about Benedict Arnold. What is their <laughs> obsession? <Seriously>, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but I mean, in it, that talks about you know the fact that Benedict Arnold was a traitor, and then they tease Peter, and then he feels like people are calling him a traitor, and he actually feels like a traitor at one point. Have you ever like spoiler alert, fifty <laughs> year old Jim? <laughs> um, have you ever like can you relate at all? Like, have you ever felt like you were betraying some, like a traitor, or you ever <laughs> been called a traitor? Has that ever been like a sore spot for you? Or? <laughs>
0: Are you trying to tell me
1: something? <laughs> Is there
0: a certain thing you're <laughs> applying? Are, you tra- like- are you implying something, Jimmy? Um <laughs> I don't think so. Like I'm probably <laughs> I can't think of anything. Um I'm sure there's something like probably like switching to a new job or something, or I don't know. That yeah, I can relate that.
1: Yeah, when I when I left um Walgreens to go somewhere else i i felt like a trader you mean like today when we left walgreens and- <laughs> <laughs> i fe- yeah cuz yeah i i kind of felt like a trader cuz you though. used to work at walgreens i did yeah. oh, and then then I, and i went to another store and i felt like a trader
0: uh, oh like while you were still working there
1: but you went to like no like when oh. i quit walgreens to go to another store oh, I, gotcha, felt like gotcha, gotcha. I felt like a okay, trader i felt
0: like i think i know what you mean like remember when I had my other wife and kids mm-hmm. and I just like walked out
1: one day. And That's I'd true. Work. Yeah. We had that trucking job and you know, one was in California. one was in Florida. You yeah. Know. And it just got too hard to like keep up with both. Exactly. So yeah. I was just like, it's fine. Yeah, And then you'd have me call and be like, no, I'm tech. <laughs> like, and they still out on the road. They're like, I have a cold, these damn allergies in South Carolina. So, yeah. <laughs> and I never thought that would actually work, but I tried. Um, <laughs> these are jokes, people just say, so you know, Okay. <laughs> yeah Yeah. tag was never a truck driver he had two families but he was never a truck driver (laughs) anyway (laughs) but yeah anyways um yeah i just i don't understand why this was such a sport a sore spot for him i don't know it was a big deal like he knows he's not a traitor like like he must have actually been one at one time Like he must have done something to betray somebody and it's still a sore spot for him that's why he gets so pissed off like (laughs) maybe so Anyways well it's been it's been long enough I think we should take our first break because I am exhausted. <laughs> yeah it's been 10 minutes. okay all right so let's take our first break and then we will dive into this. All right all right we will be back tack what's wrong?
0: Oh Jimmy. I was hoping to get some groovy costumes for me and my son this Halloween, but I'm tired of all the same boring costumes that all the other stores have. Yeah. Have you checked out Halloweencostumes.com? Wait, don't
1: tell me. They too sell Halloween costumes just like the other stores do. Sell them? Huh. Halloweencostumes.com has the biggest... The best selection of Halloween costumes and accessories and decorations, like anywhere. Okay, you say that, but so do party-type stores, department stores. I mean, what does
0: HalloweenCostumes.com have that others don't? Are they really that much better than the other
1: places? Um, how about the biggest selection with over 10,000 costumes? Um, okay, but me and my son are into totally different things. They got you covered! They have costumes from comics, video games, movies, and TV. Okay,
0: I'm pulling it up on my phone right now. Hey, their selection is great. They even have costumes to fit parents, kids, couples, groups, plus size,
1: and even sexy costumes. Ooh la la. (laughs) Right? And of course, HalloweenCostumes.com has the best retro costume selection. Dude, they have stuff like Optimus Prime and Bumblebee transforming costumes in not just kid sizes, but like adults so we go around. They have Disney, Ghostbusters, Cobra Kai. Dude, Back to the Future, Teen Wolf, Kiss,
0: Alf, Beetlejuice, the Smurfs, and more. They have over 3,500
1: exclusive designs. <laughs> and don't forget, one of the Retro Network's favorite items ugly halloween sweaters, halloween sweaters. <laughs> and check out
0: the brand new designs for 2021 like scooby-doo pennywise and care bears
1: bro you can't even get those. you can't even get those on a face mask <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> just click on the retro network's promo link in today's show notes and save 20 percent off of in-stock items now through november 6 2021 halloweencostumes.com the only place you need to shop this halloween season <laughs> All right, and we are back. Yeah, we have season four, episode twelve, entitled "Everyone Can't Be George Washington." <laughs> Let's get into this. Some facts about the episode: it first aired December twenty second, nineteen seventy two, three days before christmas <laughs> Written by Sam Locke and Milton Pascal, <laughs> directed by Richard Michaels, according to IMDb. When Mr. Brady is setting up the snowfall mechanism for the play, he is filling it with safe laundry detergent as snow. Hmm. In season threes, and now a word from our sponsor, the family was paid for their commercial with 2,000 boxes of safe detergent. So it stands to reason that they have plenty of safe to spare. Oh, you dig. Yep. When it comes to having enough laundry detergent, they're safe. (laughs) They're safe. Uh, you, okay. dig? you dig All right. so let's get into this All right, we fade in mm. scene one mm. we open in the bathroom where we see Peter looking into the mirror making a face with his hair pulled back he stops, shakes his head and changes positions so that his hand is on his chest and he's making a stoic face with his chest puffed out He stops again and makes a couple of more faces before Bobby is seen staring at him in the mirror, Mm -hmm. rolling his eyes, and walking away into the boys' room where we see Greg. Bobby, still rolling his eyes, announces he's still at it, to which Greg replies, (laughs) incredible. Mm. Before Bobby can realize what's going on, Peter comes up behind him, grabs his shoulders, and says, Just a moment, Corporal. Notify the drill sergeant that General Washington is ready to inspect the troops. Hmm. Bobby, obviously tired of Peter's nonsense, answers, get somebody else to ask him. I don't want to be late for school. Greg chuckles at all this and tells Peter, why don't you knock off the George Washington routine? That's when Peter pipes up and (laughs) explains that he's practicing for his audition and that it's the biggest part in the school play. Mm. Greg, obviously tired of the rehearsing as well, tells him, Keep it up, George. You'll be the first general who ever got kicked out of his room. As Greg leaves, he's saluted by Peter, who strikes yet another pose after they leave. <laughs> Peter's shirt in this scene looked like it had candy on it. <laughs> he loves those flowery shirts. Out of the three guys, I think he's the only one that wears them. <laughs> I don't think Greg wears anything like that. I don't think. I don't know. Um, if you look really closely after Greg leaves, mm. you can see the bathtub. I don't know how often we get to see the bathtub, but you see it a couple of times in this episode. I mean, there's that one episode of the shower scene with Marsha, but no. <laughs> um, and also, um, I think you should bring that shirt back, man. Oh, who, who me? Yeah, you should get one made and bring it back. No, nah, I'm, huh? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm okay. Be that <clears> one. <throat> I will.
0: Scene two. Down in the kitchen, Alice and Carol are preparing school lunches. Marsha has her purse and her books and is getting ready to leave when Peter walks in striking a pose. He states, Alright men, hear this. Tonight we cross the Delaware and attack the British at Trenton. He then abruptly stops and asks the ladies, Okay, who am I supposed to be? Uh, Marsha quickly replies, Mickey
1: Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even Mickey Mouse! I, I, I can barely see his, his ears. with a smile,
0: and walks off quickly to school. Peter, who pipes up, pissed, asks, Mickey Mouse! Carol laughs, telling him, She's only kidding, honey. We know you're being George Washington. Peter, seemingly surprised at his acting skills, asks, You did? Alice answers, Sure, good luck, General. We'll be rooting for you at audition day. Peter thanks her and begins to leave, but not before striking another pose and announcing... I'm off to Valley Forge. As he leaves, Alice whistles to stop him, just as Carol says, hold it, General. As Peter turns around, Carol tells him, it may be a long, hard winter. Long and
1: hard. (laughs) Long and hard. Peter's going to be long and hard. Sorry. That was was uncalled for. I'm sorry. Excuse me.
0: Jeez. (laughs) Anyway, Carol says, better take your lunch. Peter grabs his lunch and leaves. Carol and Alice just laughed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't get the Mickey Mouse joke. I don't, I don't get it.
0: Um, it wasn't funny. That's why, because hmm. she was just trying to think of something completely
1: ridiculous. Well, I mean, because there's some jokes that that aren't funny, but that, I don't this think this was a joke because it didn't make any sense. Like, why did she cross the road to get to the other side? That's not really funny. But this one didn't even make any sense. Like, she was just
0: messing with him, you know. Hmm. Okay. Well, it was stupid. It so. was stupid. He was a dumb
1: joke. <laughs> All right. Scene three. Down in the den, Mike is sitting at his desk, admiring his latest creation with Carol by his side. Oh, it's beautiful, Mike. Because, you know, she knows architecture. <laughs> Mike replies, yeah. Mrs. Foster called it her dream house. Mm. Carol, out of curiosity, asks, what did Mr. Foster call it? Mike quips, Well, when he heard the price, he told her to stop dreaming. (laughs) Carol just laughs. (laughs)
0: Dreamhouse.
1: As they're laughing, we hear Jan hollering, Mom, Dad, where are you? Carol yells, we're in here. And soon Jan comes running in, excited to tell them that she got picked to be in the school play about George Washington. Carol and Mike both respond saying it's terrific and congratulations. While Carol hugs her, Jan then explains that she's not exactly in it, not as an actor. (laughs) Carol then quips, what are you going to be? The cherry tree (laughs) 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 laughing at her own joke. Jan laughs saying close and explains that she's going to be in charge of the scenery and special effects. This seems to spark Mike's interest as he brightens up saying, hey, that's quite a job. Carol, seeing Mike proud and figuring she should probably act proud as well. <laughs> asks, how did you get picked for that? why they pick you? <laughs> and Jan tells them that she's the only one in school with the most important qualification. I have a father who's an architect.
0: No, she's not
1: the only one. Peter's there too (laughs) that's true yeah you're right (laughs) Jan then asks Mike if he'll help her design the scenery to which he says sure he then jokingly (laughs) tells Carol how about that 200 years after the revolutionary war and I get drafted for it (laughs) (laughs) this episode (laughs) they were just just batting a thousand I know they just open their mouth and out again (laughs) they're on fire like you (laughs) (laughs) Carol then remembers that Peter was auditioning as well and asks how he did Jan tells her he must have done great because when she left, he was all smiles. That, that did not sound right. <laughs> that sounds kind of gross. Okay. Uh, Carol and Mike are relieved. Uh, well, first thing I noticed was Jan has braces. Yeah. Well, it was the last episode. I noticed her wearing something of some kind of wire in her mouth. And I assumed like it was. I stupidly assumed that it was like the clear braces or something. But <laughs> I didn't think of it till this week when I saw your note. I'm like, I mean, they didn't have those back then. So it must have been like the framework or like a retainer or something. I don't know. But yeah. I noticed something in a previous episode like that, too. Um, <laughs> what I thought was pretty cool about this scene mm-hmm. is we, we now know because of, you know, my awesome research right. a couple weeks ago, um, that Jan later becomes an architect. Mm, yeah. And this we're actually witnessing what could be the spark of oh, her wanting to be an architect.
0: That's true. That's true. It's kind of funny. Cause they're like, why'd they make you do all that? Like, cause she says she didn't want me on the stage,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, you, know it very, what you can do. Isn't your dad an architect, but see what, what may have happened. I know it's just a, a TV show, but what may have happened was they may have said, you know, we need somebody if anybody wants to volunteer to do these jobs. And she may have looked at it like, it might be kind of fun, you know, to work with dad and have him help me and everything. Yeah, sure. I'll go ahead and do that. And then this might be the beginning of her architecture career. This might be where it started. Yeah, it's true. We were there to witness it, We were there. We were all there. We were there. We should write to her and tell her, hey, <laughs> we saw that. We were there with you.
0: Yeah, we saw. And now she has plum goods. Exactly. And see, it all started there. Boom. Mm. Boom, indeed. All nifty, right. nifty. All right. Okay. Scene foe. In the backyard, we see Peter walking and looking disappointed. He walks in through the sliding door, leading into the family room, and closes it. As he walks into the kitchen, we see Alice making dinner and Carol doing something different for a change. Mm. (laughs) She's peeling potatoes, a new skill. Oh, wow. Yeah. As Peter walks in, he's greeted with, hi, to which Peter simply responds, hi. (laughs) Carol, sensing something is wrong, asks, Why the long face? Alice speaking up saying, I've seen you look happier the day before report cards. (laughs) Carol finally asked the logical question. Did your audition go well? Peter, still looking bum, says, it went fine. (laughs) Miss Bailey said I was terrific. Carol, not the brightest, says, thank goodness for a minute. I thought you didn't get a part. (laughs) Peter says, I didn't. Miss Bailey said lots of guys could play George Washington. Mm. She wanted me to play the harder part. Alice interrupts, telling him that that's a compliment and asking what part he'll be playing. Peter then announces Benedict Arnold. (laughs) Peter, perhaps trying to make himself feel better, tells them it's a smaller part and Benedict Arnold even has to die at the end. Alice, always ready to make someone feel better, says, well, that's better than dying at the beginning.
1: (laughs) which is not wrong. That's true. You're right. Carol simply says, right. No, I said, uh, good parenting skills. Carol Because <laughs> all she's like, Alice does all the talking. Yeah. And Carol just smiles. Right. Yeah. There you go. Mm, fucking moron.
0: <laughs> Peter then thinks for a moment and tells the two of them, I'm not going to do it. I'm quitting the play. Peter storms off in a huff. Mm. Carol thinking that perhaps it's time to parent leaves after him. Yeah. <laughs>
1: There comes a time, Carol, where you have to stop pretending to cook and actually be a parent. Anyways, <laughs> I love how Carol just fucking stands there like a fucking meerkat when he's, he explains like what part he got. Like, he's obviously upset. Like Even <laughs> Alice knows that he's upset. And yeah. she's like, good. <laughs> like, God, I fucking can't stand Carol. I can't stand Carol. Holy
0: shit. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that they have the same pot that is yeah. always on the stove and stirring something that's... Yep. Oh. That's the pot they made their strawberry preserves. Oh, that's right. I bet they smelled good, too. I bet they did. Well, I bet they smelled so good. <laughs> it's bullshit, Tex. Robert Strawberries Reed's don't have any over. smell when they cook. I know, Robert Reed's rolling over his grave right
1: now. He is. He's like you assholes. <clears throat> All right, scene five. Out in the living room, Peter is walking towards his room with Carol close behind. Carol finally begins to catch up with him as Carol tells him... That's not like you, honey. You've never quit anything before. Peter then legit whines saying, <laughs> "But I wanted to be George Washington." <laughs> he 100% whines. <laughs> Carol then speaks some truth, telling him that everybody can't be George Washington. Hey, that's the name of the episode. Hey. <laughs> that's like that's like my like um David Hassloff going, "That's right. We have to be the Night Rider." You know what I mean? <laughs> that's right. Well, it's okay, Ben. It's only Growing pains, so, mm-hmm.
0: know, right. or something like that, or like Luke Skywalker going, "Man, I'm so tired of all these Star Wars." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I actually okay. stole that one. Sorry. Oh, okay. It's not in my own joke. I probably could have made it my own too. <laughs> right. Or if he's like, or I got or Or Harrison Ford was all like, "Man, if I can only catch these Raiders of the Lost Ark, <laughs> it's
1: time to go." back to the future oh he does say that But <laughs> that did really work
0: or or like <laughs> or Tom Hanks going man I wish we didn't have to go saving Private Ryan <laughs>
1: I can't think of one I just want we keep doing this like the next 20 minutes yeah. <laughs> mommy have you seen my helium balloon sorry it's gone with the wind that's for that movie, right? Pretty sure it is. <laughs> I, mean, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who just said that? Ben, her. Den. <laughs> it's a lot of movies. <laughs> a lot of movies I say they're titles. This is perfect. This <laughs> is so, so stupid. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh,
0: or like <laughs> <laughs> oh, Like when man. Spock <laughs> they're all like, What are we going to do today Spock is like I don't know I figured we'd just go Star Trek I
1: don't know <laughs> <laughs> So dumb Yeah that's pretty silly It's pretty silly <laughs> I feel there'll be more later Carol then asks, remember that time on your baseball team? You wanted to be the pitcher, but the coach needed you in the outfield. Did you quit? Peter reluctantly answers, no. Carol continues. Well, it's the same with Miss Bailey. She needs her best players in the right parts. Carol finishes by telling Peter, she must think you could be a very good Benedict Arnold. Peter perks up, saying, I guess I could. (laughs) Carol continues, saying, unless you think the part is too hard for you. (laughs) Peter then rises to the challenge, asking, are you kidding? I can do it easy. Hmm. Peter then steps out into the middle of the floor, strikes a pose, ironically the same pose as Washington, (laughs) and says, General Washington, I, Benedict Arnold, place myself under your command. (laughs) Carol answers, that's the spirit, Benedict. You go do your homework, and I'll keep an eye out for the redcoats. And as they both salute each other, Peter sharply marches upstairs. Hmm.
0: Man. I like that reverse psychology. Ever hear of it? Sorry, that's from Office episode. <laughs> um, I thought this was like weird. It works every time.
1: <laughs> sorry.
0: Weird um, Lighting. Like when it was just showing yeah. just Carol. It looks She's like they lit dark. them
1: both different like they did obviously over the shoulder shots each time mm-hmm. but it looks like they lit each one different.
0: Like way different. Yeah, it yeah. Like Carol was in the dark and then Peter was like in daylight. Yeah.
1: I, don't know. Hmm. Um, I have to admit this is one of the better parenting scenes from Carol. Yeah. I hate to admit that. Um, I like how Carol reacted uh, to him playing the part in front of her. Like He turns her back to her and he strikes that pose and she's just like, Jesus. Like, she just kind of <laughs> puts her, her head in her hands. She's like, oh my God. So, that was kind of funny. All right.
0: Scene six. On the back here we see Marsha and Cindy hard at work painting set pieces for Jan. Marsha appears to be painting a cloud. Mm. Jan comes out to see how things are going and Marsha asks if it looks okay. To which Jan agrees, telling her dark and gloomy. Jan then asks Cindy what she's painting. To which she answers, the moon. Marcia responds, telling her that she already did the moon. Cindy tells her that she's fixing it up. As she turns the, quote, moon around, it's revealed to be a giant happy face. Aww. Jan smiles at it and asks why Cindy did that. Cindy tells her that she believes everyone should have a nice day even George Washington. Hmm. Oh, we then hear banging sounds coming from another part of the yard. As Jan walks over, we see some waves set up in the yard. When Jan asks, Greg, how's it going? Greg pops up and asks, how's it look? Jan answers, great. But aren't the waves kind of high? Because when you put them in front of the boat, you won't be able to see the boat. Greg, seemingly unaffected, tells her there's only one thing to do. Either we raise the boat Or we lower the Delaware. (laughs) She was on fire today. Sully Greg. Jan smiles and walks in front of Mike, who's in the garage. Mike is standing next to the boat. He stands up and asks, What do you think? Jan tells him that it looks exactly like the boat that's in the picture of George Washington. Mike corrects her, telling her, Well, not exactly. The boat has one thing that even George Washington's boat didn't have: roller skates. They ah. both just laugh because he rolls it back and forth on the driveway. Both don't roller, skate. don't even have roller skates? <laughs> That's so
1: goofy. Silly Mike. Um, yeah. I, I thought I I, I kind of got curious. Um, the Have a Nice Day smiley face yeah. was copywritten in 1971. Okay. So either they got the copyright to yeah. do it on the show mm-hmm. or they purposely had Cindy say Everybody should have a nice day because she doesn't really, you know what I mean? That's, that's, it was, if it, if they didn't get the copyright, they were really skating that line. So I thought that was kinda, had roller skates. I get it. they were well, like the boat.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that might be true because even the smiley face wasn't exactly right.
1: Exactly. It was yeah. a little off. So they were, they were skirting that line really close. Mm-hmm. Um, so was Jane actually doing anything or is she just supervising? And I say doing? that with air quotes, supervising okay. project manager. You're to yeah. do shit. Yeah. No wonder she don't get thanked. <laughs> Sorry. That was me. I do bring that up later. I know. You can cut that out. I forgot you wrote that up. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> scene. A seven. No. Yeah. It's scene seven. Oh, yes. Excuse me. Up, Demons, in the, yeah. <laughs> up in the boys' room, we see Peter sitting at the desk reading a script. Peter begins by saying, come in. As Bobby walks in, Peter says, oh, you, sh- you should read. Hmm? Andre. And I'll read Peter. I'll read Andre. Okay, cool. Okay. Peter begins by saying, come in. As Bobby walks in, Peter says, ah, Major Andre, I presume. Won't you have a seat? Bobby sits after being shoved down into the chair. Bobby then begins saying the lines. Thank you, General Arnold. My commander, General Clinton of the British Fifth Army, sends his compliments. Benedict, um, Peter, then gets aggressive, asking Major Andre, is that all he sent Major? Andre replies, I don't understand, sir. Arnold tells him, I refer to the money for the plans to West
0: Point, the key to the American defenses. I trust that the British don't expect
1: them for nothing. Arnold tells him, I refer to the money for the plans to West Point, the key to the American defenses. I trust that the British don't expect them for nothing. If I, General Benedict Arnold, hero of the Battle of Ticonderoga, is going to betray his country, he expects to be paid for it, and handsomely. Boom! Andre drops some truth on him, telling him, I'm here to discuss the terms, old chap. But... Conwell ain't having any of that shit. Mm. He waves it off and he's all like this. There'll be no discussion. Mm. And as he banks his hand on the desk, he tells that little bitch the price is 10,000 pounds. Major Andre. Mm. Oh, sorry. Um, Bobby then asks 10,000 pounds of what Peter tells him that's British money. Dummy. Mm -hmm. At this point, carol has been watching this all unfold from the doorway with a look of amusement on her face chuckling hmm. peter further explains that major andre was a british officer bobby then changes to a british accent saying ah i see oh, i see peter then jumps back into character saying lower your voice sir if you're discovered on american soil it could mean both of our necks But Bobby instead raises his voice asking, but 10,000 pounds, General Arnold, Peter tells him turning traitor doesn't come easy to me, Major, and it won't come cheap to the British armies. When this speech is done, Carol claps enthusiastically from the doorway saying how terrific it was. Mm. She compliments Peter telling him you were a great General Arnold. She then turns to Bobby telling him and you weren't bad either. Major Andre. Mm-hmm. Bobby, still in character, replies, Thanks, old chap. Wait, that's me. Oh, yeah. Bobby, still in <laughs> character, replies, Thanks, old chap. But the Major's cutting out for a of milk. And he exits. After Bobby leaves, Peter begins to talk, saying, You know, Benedict Arnold's not an easy part to play, Mom. Carol tells him that it's probably why Miss Bailey wanted him to play it. Mm. Peter, still feeling confident, says... I guess it's like you were saying that not everybody can be George Washington. <laughs> Some guys are better in the outfield. Hmm. Carol tells him from what I'm from what I've read, General Washington wouldn't have been very good in the outfield either. Peter confused asks why Carol replies, He barely made it when he threw that dollar across the Potomac. <laughs> Peter jumps back into character saying, Lower your voice, sir. If you were discovered on American soil, it could mean both of our necks. You gave me chills just then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all stoic and shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, how much do you think? Ten thousand oh, pounds. How come I didn't do that That's in 1776? Yeah. How much do you think 10,000 pounds would be worth today in American dollars? Oh, God. So I got to do like national
0: currency and then I got to do time. Why vey. Um, Well, today a pound is worth a little more than a dollar, I think. Or is it just under a dollar? Anyway, it's pretty close. Um, So let's just assume it's the same. So I'm going to go with. $1,000,000. $425,000. $1,000,000. $425,000. That's still a lot, but still I was like, million. really? That's it? But then when you think about it, that's like, what, how many percent? Like 1,200% or something? I don't yeah. even know. Not wow. too bad, right? All that just to betray your country?
1: Yeah. Hmm. I wouldn't do it for a billion. No. Why do it for a billion when you could do it for a million <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Bobby almost cracks when um, when he sits down he gives Peter this look like, like he was trying to laugh <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny um, Bobby Bobby did a good job of acting like he couldn't act you know what I mean like okay. Mike Lukanland did a good job of acting like he couldn't act <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool um, and also Bobby um, I put Bobby skipped out just like Tag did away from that cop how <laughs> um, <laughs> had to go get a spot of milk yeah and uh, No, when you were telling a story about you trying to get away from the cop, you oh. skipped away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how Bobby yeah. left there Yeah. Um, I don't get the dollar joke. I don't know Because he wasn't on the dollar back then, right? No. That's stupid. All right. <laughs> All right.
0: Scene eight. In the backyard, we see Mike looking at a book with a picture of George Washington crossing the Delaware. Mm-mm. As the camera pans out, we see the family in the boat posing with the waves in front of them, so Mike can see how it looks. Oh. Mike says, hey, that's terrific, gang. Why did I sound like Fred from Scooby-Doo when I said that?
1: And gang, we're taking it over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jen then runs up, grabs a rope, and begins to pull the boat behind the waves. As they do, one of the waves falls down. Mike jokes saying, hey, there's the switch. The boat stayed afloat and the waves sank. Ah, but I'm just, That's right up there with thinking Delaware. <laughs> this episode's on fire. Greg gets out and sets the waves back up before quickly jumping back into the boat and then begin again. This time, successfully crossing the Delaware. Aww. Just like George Washington on Christmas Day. <laughs> Bobby
1: clearly knocked the waves over on purpose. Oh okay, yeah, because he was like, like you can even see sweeping him sweeping like, or whatever. Oh yeah, yep.
0: Because so, he's trying to sabotage. Why do you think he's trying to sabotage? Because he's a dick.
1: <laughs> because he's General Andre. Oh, Hello, he's right. with the British. Yeah, what am I thinking? Scene nine. At school, we see Peter sitting on a bench reading his script when a girl runs up asking what he's doing. Peter tells her that he's studying a script also announcing that he's in the school play. Mm -hmm. She sits down next to him, exclaiming, Oh, that's wonderful. As she sits, he tells her, I'm playing Benedict Arnold. The girl's smile disappears as she asks, Benedict Arnold? Peter confirms, telling her it's a great part. The girl agrees, saying, Well, it is, if you like being a traitor. Oh. She then gets up, and walks away in a huff. Whoa. Peter at first looks surprised, but soon shrugs it off. Hmm. We then see Peter walking past Greg's smoking tree uh, yeah. and with books in hand. When we hear someone yell, Hey, Pete! Peter answers, Hey, Harv! <laughs> on first syllable basis. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Harv stops to ask him, <laughs> Did you get that part of George Washington? Peter tells him that he could have, but that Miss Brady gave him a better part, a real tough part. Mm. Well, I mean, the toughest part of a guy to play. Hmm. Harv answers, Betsy Ross? Peter tells him, Benedict Arnold. Hmm. Harv makes a face asking, Benedict Arnold? Peter, still excited, asks, yeah. How about that? Harvey simply calls Peter a traitor and walks off. Oh, in a huff. Oh, damn. We see Peter yet again walking through school when a kid runs up to him. Peter asks Steve, what's the hurry? Steve tells him that he's going over to the park. We're getting up a ball game. Come on. Peter tells him that he'll be right over after rehearsal. Then announces that he's in the school play. Mm. Steve sounding impressed asks him what party got but once again when Peter tells him Benedict Arnold he too recoils Peter thinking he's being teased says very funny save me a place on the team will you but Steve asks what for so you can throw the game Benedict Ooh. Peter just walks off so
0: those three little students there what a bitch what a dick and what an asshole, I guess.
1: I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, I put down, wow, somebody's being a Benedict. Oh, mm-hmm. I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> how and why do all these kids like give a shit? <laughs> I don't know. Um, they, I mean, they do realize that it's a play, <laughs> like, or, or is, is like, does he have to walk through like the stupid kid section, like to get to where he's going? Like, <laughs> I mean, what, what, why can't all these kids realize that it's just a fucking... Do they not know what a play is? I don't know. It's really dumb. I mean, he's not saying he idolizes Benedict Arnold. He's not saying he wants to be him. It's just a part he's playing. <laughs> like, I know. Scene 10. At rehearsal, we see kids on stage, all
0: with scripts in hand. We see Peter loudly shout, There will be no discussion. Following by him slamming his hand down on the table, he continues, The price is 10,000 pounds, Major Andre. The actor playing Andre jumps up saying, But that's a lot of money, General. Peter reacts saying, Lower your voice. If you are discovered on American soil, it can mean both our necks. Andre replies, But 10,000 pounds, General Arnold? A small price to ensure the capture of West Point by the British. Peter then walks towards the audience on the stage and improvises. Anyway, I might not even sell the plans after all. Miss Bailey immediately stops them saying, Peter, that's not in the script. The line is, turning traitor doesn't come easy to me, Major. Peter, obviously having a problem with this, asks, Does Benedict Arnold have to be a traitor? Miss Bailey, completely confused, says, What? <laughs> Peter continues saying, I mean, wouldn't it be better if Major Andre stole the plans and we have Benedict Arnold the good guy. And then he like puts the plans in R2D2. And then he gets blasted off the Star Destroyer. And then Miss Bailey's like, this sounds familiar. No, it's good. Sorry, I had a feeling our audience have no clue what I'm talking about. Nope. Miss Bailey, now getting pissed, says, Peter, we can't rewrite the American Revolution. According to all the history books, Benedict Arnold was a traitor. Peter argues, saying, the books could be wrong. There was nobody in the room with the two guys when it happened. Why can't we give the American guy the benefit of the doubt? Ms. Bailey, trying to be polite, says, Peter, I think we better stick with the script. She then announces that rehearsal is over for the day, saying cast dismissed until tomorrow. She gives Peter a second look before finally leaving. As soon as she leaves, the actor playing Andre jumps at Peter, asking, what are you trying to do? Make me the rat for stealing the plans? Oh, shit. Peter argues his point, saying, Major Andre could have done it. But Peter's castmate is pretty upset, telling him, Boy, that was a pretty crummy trick. Peter, still trying to argue his point, says, Well, no one knows for sure. Finally, Pete's castmate says, Boy, when they picked you to be the traitor, they really picked the right guy.
1: Oh, shit.
0: Right? Right? Peter standing up for himself answers,
1: oh, yeah, bucko. <laughs> they always do,
0: the, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and soon the two are
1: shouting in each other's faces. Hmm. From the perspective of the camera. Yeah. Peter slightly upstages that guy. Okay. That bothered me a little bit. That oh. was poor blocking. <laughs> um, hmm. uh, plus, they were close enough to just go. <laughs> they were close enough to moochies Did you, you want them to? Or? I was waiting for it. Yeah. That would have really pissed them off. Like that would have been a you know, <laughs> there's been a couple of MMA weigh-ins where they get really close like that and they end up like touching lips. It's like, oh dude.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I the kid who played Major Hunter, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Like, um and like during this rehearsal, like that kid was already off script. Where Peter was still that, yeah. reading from the script. He was
1: holding a script, but do you want to look at that shit?
0: Nope. He's got that shit down. Hell yeah. And uh I thought he was good as the kid and also as Major Andre. I thought he did a good job on both. Um, But did the director, Ms. Bailey, look
1: familiar? Um I, I feel like I've seen her on, like, Nick at Night kind of thing, but.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. She, uh, she was the, I think, nosy neighbor on Bewitched. Oh, okay you know like hey, man, look looking next door they saw the a chicken fly I don't know whatever it is that she says hmm. um, but it was kind of funny because I decided to look her up on IMDB she's done tons and tons of shit and then I was like but I know she was like and I couldn't remember the, her character's name on Bewitched like Mrs.
1: Something. she played Kristen Chenoweth's character right I don't know you, you didn't see Bewitched the movie with Will Ferrell? Oh god, a long time. I remember. Oh, Okay, but yeah. But wasn't she on like, not like Mr. Ed or Ross or something? Sure, like, I think yeah, Dennis she was Desmon. Yeah,
0: yeah Desmon. <coughs> but what I thought was interesting about Bewitched is that just like I was telling you with Sam the Butcher on Andy Griffith, they played like twenty different characters. She did too on Bewitched. She mm. played like twenty different characters. <laughs> So I was like, damn, that's cool.
1: Yeah. It's neat talking about old nostalgic television.
0: It is fun. It's almost like syndicated television. Yeah. It's something we should talk about more. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. Yeah. It'd be nice to, to make another podcast, but you know, instead of a very Brady podcast, maybe a, a syndicated one. Yeah. You know, Interesting. Very syndicated podcast. That's called foreshadowing. Maybe. Let's or five shadowing, depending on <laughs> how big the shadow is. Let's Just leave it there, okay? We'll let, it, little, let it let it simmer, let it sizzle. Let it yeah. Or as Michael Jackson used to say, let it simmer. Yeah. Did he say that? Again? Well, he used to tell his dancers that. Like you know how they would just kind of pause for a second. You know, like when when like like the beat would drop as the as the kids say. Yeah. But, like he would just sit, he would like sit there for like a like a full count before he would start. He called his phrase for that was simmering. Gotcha. Something. He didn't say that to you when you two spent that evening together, right? No, so, that's called docking. That's something totally different. <laughs> um, <clears throat> <laughs>
0: See, I don't know if you saw when you were talking. I was like trying to hold back a laugh.
1: Oh, no, I <laughs> I was just like,
0: because I was thinking it was going to say something like, but he didn't say that when you two were spending the evening together, right? And then I knew you were going to say something hilarious like that. But I was pre-laughing at... What I imagine he was gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a good one. And then what you said was actually way better than I ever imagined.
1: (laughs) I don't know if I'm gonna keep that in But it's all it's all jokes because I never docked with Michael Jackson. (laughs) 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 So specific. (laughs) That was like a legal answer. No, I
0: never docked with Michael Jackson. Why'd you put the emphasis on Michael
1: Jackson? (laughs) Because I never docked with Michael Jackson, and I never had sex with that girl, Monica Lewinsky. He did the same thing. <laughs> it's very specific. All right. Scene eleven. Up in the boys' room, we see Greg sitting at his desk studying. When Peter comes in holding a tissue to his nose, when Greg sees him, he calls him over, asking what happened. He pulls Peter's arms away from his face to reveal Peter. Has a bloody nose tack. Oh, my God. When Greg asks how he got it, Peter tells him he got it at rehearsal. Hmm. Greg asks, what were you rehearsing? The Boston Massacre? (laughs) We need to call the fire department for this episode. (laughs) Peter tries to hold himself together as he tells Greg that he got in a fight with one of the boys. But soon loses it when he says... I'm getting fed up with everybody teasing me, calling me a traitor, all the guys booing and hissing at me. Mm -hmm. Peter then storms off into the bathroom to check his nose. In a huff. Oh, (laughs) sorry. Greg slowly follows him into the bathroom. Once in the doorway, he says, Pete, don't let it get you down. It's just a part in a play. Peter tells Greg, well, Miss Bailey can get somebody else to play Benedict Arnold. Greg, seeing where this is going, raises his eyebrows and crosses his arms as he asks, you're not quitting, are you? (laughs) (laughs) Peter answers, you better believe it. Greg raises his voice as he reminds him, you can't quit. You promised mom and dad. Mm. Peter immediately calms down as he says, oh, yeah, I did, didn't I? He then changes his mind saying, okay, I won't quit. Greg cheers up before he leaves, saying, That a boy. After Greg leaves, Peter brightens up saying, I've got a better idea. I'll get myself thrown out of the play. Mm. Just then Greg pops his head back in the bathroom saying, You know I can hear you, right? I'm right fucking here, and the doors open. <laughs> no, he didn't really say that, but it would have been he funny if he know. did. Yeah. He got all the way in the room. <laughs> Without anybody noticing, he's a bloody nose. <laughs> yeah, it's but it's funny because whenever the cameras are downstairs, there's like 14 fucking people sitting in the house. Like, mm-hmm. so I don't know. <laughs> all right, so this is where we take our next break. Okay, all right. So Peter's getting teased for playing Benedict Arnold, mm-hmm. and now he wants to wuss out and Quentin play. Mm. Will he stay strong and follow through, mm. or will he be a Benedict?
2: I had to bring
1: that shit back we will see we will be back
2: comic book fan we've got a few questions for you were you obsessed with x-men as a kid did you stand in line to get a copy of the death of superman in the black poly bag did you buy every image comic no matter how long it took to hit the shelves then have we got the show for you Wizards, the podcast guide to comics is the podcast where Adam and Michael re-examine the 90s comic book boom through the pages of Wizard Magazine and explore the world of gimmick covers, massive crossover events, and find out if those 20 copies of X-Force No. 1 you stashed in your long box really did put your kids through college. And that's not all. We also bring you exclusive interviews with former Wizard staff members who tell behind-the-scenes stories from the guide to comics that defined a generation in our special series the wizard files and wait there's more you'll get mini episodes with 90s comic book reviews and more nostalgic fun wizards the podcast guide to comics is brought to you by the retro network every wednesday so subscribe today on your favorite podcast app and remember to keep your books bagged and boarded
1: And we are back. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can hear my chair. Yeah, we're back. You know, it's not as impressive when you see you do that in real person.
0: <laughs>
1: Maybe you just make it look too easy. It's just not the same. Well,
0: on camera, it's more impressive because I, yeah. I use effects, visual effects and stuff. So. That's true. Yeah. Mm.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: Yep. But notice I didn't hurt myself. No, you did not. I do better when, not, when there's an audience.
1: Very cool. Other than your cat. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> so in this in this episode, yeah. in in your opinion, yeah, do you think Peter was bullied? Because um, that's such a like a trigger word nowadays. It seems like you know, and back like our generation, kind of before, our generation before, like it's it was more like oh, it builds character. You know what I mean? And there's a difference yeah. between kids teasing you and kids bullying you, but now that that line has become more and more gray and, and that gray line is becoming wider kind of thing. Yeah. So in your opinion, do you think Peter was bullied? No. Why is that?
0: Cause, well, because I mean, they're, they are being just kind of dumb or whatever, but mm-hmm. yes, they were like legitimately like going, no, cause you're nothing but a Benedict, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, but like, what does not matter? Like next week, it's not going to matter anyway. So they're not going to be, it's not going to go on forever. Like you're a traitor like when was i a traitor remember when you were in that school play like 12 years ago i still don't trust you you know it's like that's not gonna go on forever
1: i mean i guess bullying wouldn't go on forever either but so in your opinion it's only bullying if it goes on forever
0: (laughs) no i mean some people carry that shit with them forever
1: but (sighs) so what what would in your opinion what would they have had to do in order for it to cross the line into, <laughs> I was going
0: to say if it got violent, but then again, he did come on with the yeah. bloody nose. Um, so I, I changed my answer.
1: I guess so, yeah, I guess it was bullied. <laughs> I think I think the bullying is is in the the eye of the bully. I guess I, I guess it's it's yeah. all in how it's perceived. You know what I mean? Like, like when I was younger in third grade, Tim uh, Greer, yeah. <laughs> um can is the one him and a guy named um tony green are the two guys that came up with the whole thing about calling me watermelon head yeah now i could have gone one of two directions with it i could have like been a little bitch about it and like cried and like you know had it really bother me and bring that shit up you know when i'm 46 year old on mm-hmm. a podcast um or i could have just laughed along with him and been like hey, i could see it. that's kind of funny that's clever you mm-hmm. know what i mean? And I think that's the di- in my opinion, that's the difference between being bullied and not being bullied. It's it's how you perceive it. But at the so. same but at the same time, like Tim's the type of guy, and you know him, Tim's the type of guy where if he saw that was legit bothering me, I think I don't think he would have brought it back up again. Right, right. Um and I think that's where the bullying begins. If you see it bothers somebody and you keep pressing that issue, to me that's bullying.
0: Yeah, I get but I think the only difference between that and this is is like he was like, Huh, melon head, you know, huh? Mm-hmm. But like these people weren't joking. They were like, why should oh, they I want to play yeah. with you? Right. Fucking traitor. You right. Know, it's like, so I don't mm-hmm.
1: know. So, I, I, and I, I, I kind of already know what you're going to say, but for the sake of the show, like, do you have any bullying stories? Like, do you ever feel like you were being bullied? You ever, you ever feel like you were bullied?
0: Um, Like, officially bullied? I don't know. I mean, I got made fun of a lot growing up just because of my, the way I look, like my hair color and all that kind mm, of freckles. Yeah. <laughs> yes also my face thank you Jimmy I almost forgot about that one yeah um so yeah and even like today I still get quote bullied about it I mean I wouldn't say bullied but you know people still like to make fun of it
1: no. I got bullied a lot in middle school
0: that's when it that's when you if you're gonna get bullied ever in life it's, it's be gonna, gonna be mo- that's true mo- yeah
1: because kids are old enough to think of like some really clever shit teasing yeah. people but they're not mature enough to understand that words hurt you know what I'm saying <laughs> right so yeah I got teased a lot in middle school not so much in high school but I got teased a lot in middle school
0: and I'm gonna say this like I said every other time I never noticed you having a large head until you pointed it out to me <laughs>
1: so yeah that's okay though.
0: I still <clears throat> would never like describe you as do you see that guy over there like which guy the guy with the big head like that would
1: never come to my <laughs> mind and then we go oh shit yeah unless we were on a nude beach <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, yeah Cool. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious, like, cause, cause, watching this episode, I'm thinking, God, this could almost, if this was today, this would almost be an anti-bullying episode.
0: Yeah, probably. Almost, and a very special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But I don't think, I don't think Peter perceived it as bullying. Yeah. Well, it's like that movie where that little kid ordered that pizza, and his mom gets all pissed off at him. Yeah. And yeah, and his mom gets him. His mom walks in. And he's like, "What the hell? You ordered the whole pizza? You can't eat a whole pizza." And he goes, "No, it's for Mac and me." I thought you were going right.
0: to say, yeah, I had to order on pizza because I was home alone. <laughs> <laughs> a delicious
1: cheese pizza just for me. Just for Mac. am sorry. It's <laughs> yes. the world's
0: dumbest. It's a two-hour commercial for McDonald's. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a story. Okay. So this kind of relates to this episode. Okay. Back when, if you remember... You and I had both both auditioned for a play. Mm -hmm. It was for uh, uh, the coca Playhouse, right? Uh, Was it Ross? Yeah. And so, unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances for whatever reason, you didn't get a part and I did. Right. So, But it wasn't like an amazing part. I was like background (laughs) chorus. It wasn't anything exciting. Um, There was a point where I didn't want to do the play. Mm. And I kind of felt bad because you weren't there and... (laughs) And so, I told my mom I wanted to quit. And she was like, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. What do you mean, no? <laughs> it was like, you got a part, you made a commitment, and you're going to fulfill it. And I was like, but my, Batman. <laughs> and then she's like, no, you're not going to quit. You're going to go, and you're going to do it. So, of course, I realized she's probably right. So, I didn't quit. Hmm. And I fulfilled it, and all that kind of stuff. And, but I wanted to quit because I felt bad because you weren't in it with me. And that's why. I don't know if I ever told you that. So. No.
1: Did you, was there a part in the play where you went, look, it's the Wizard of Oz. <laughs>
0: I, mean, <laughs> I set him up and you knock him down, Jimmy Klein <laughs> I did have a line that I said, look, it's the Wicked Witch. Yeah, that's what I said. But I,
1: I changed I it. Changed it, it you yeah. Know, yeah. I knew where you were going with that. <laughs> I remember the audition yeah. for that <sighs> It's the only time it's ever happened to me. I got the giggles for some reason when they <laughs> told me to sing. Yeah. And I couldn't stop laughing when they were trying to get me to sing. And I'm pretty sure that's why I didn't get the part because I couldn't I couldn't Do you remember, get serious enough.
0: Do you remember when we were doing sound of music? And I would Oh when you you saw your cry? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wasn't like, I don't No idea. <laughs> no. But then there was like for some reason, like we'd already gotten parts, auditions were done. But then, like, out of nowhere during rehearsal one day, like, we need to find a new kid to play this part. Like, one of the maiden leads. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they, so they had, like, they picked people to, like, do sing the solo. Like.
1: Yeah, um, that's when you sound like you were crying.
0: No, because I remember I really messed up because I got, my timing was bad. Oh. I may have sounded like I was crying, too. I don't know. But, um, and then I was like, and then, like. Then I hear the music like way ahead or way behind or something like that. And I go, Whoa. <laughs> I mean, like really known that I fucked up. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I mean, dear female. You know, I was like, oh my god, I fucked that up. She's like, okay, thank you. Yeah, I didn't get the part. Thanks. So I stuck with the well chorus like you. And we did that this mosquito dance. Mosquito dance, we did the
1: waltzing, we did yeah. all kinds of dancing. Hell and- yeah, we did. Yeah. <sighs> because we were the shit right wear I mean, the shit <clears throat> anyway, okay so yeah when we left off Peter was trying to figure out a way to quit the show because the guys kept teasing him and he's being a little bitch hmm will he actually end up quitting or will he realize that sticks and stones will break his bones but names will never hurt him Zach? that's right we will see let's get back into this take it away Scene 12. We're at school. School.
0: Back at school rehearsal, we see Peter once again doing a scene. When it's time for Peter to speak, he just stands there until Miss Wilson, uh, Miss Bailey prompts him saying, go on, Peter. You have the next line. I see what you did there, Miss Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Peter finally turns around saying, I'm sorry, Miss Bailey. Can you give me the first word? Miss Bailey simply says, Is. Peter, trying to think of his line, says, Is... Is... uh, Can you give me the second word? Miss Bailey, growing frustrated, says, Is that all he sent, Major? Peter finally turns around and says his line, to which his castmate answers in a horrible British accent, I don't understand, sir. Peter continues... I was trying to do a bad accent.
1: Yeah, yeah, the kid was terrible. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Peter continues... I refer to the money for the plans to but forget saying uh finally turning around once again to Miss Bailey asking what's the name of the place as Casmate answers for her saying West Point dum dum <laughs> Miss Bailey having had enough finally stands up asking Peter what is wrong you were fine up until now Peter tells her I guess it's because I'm reading out of my script my memory is just no good Miss Bailey tells him, you're probably just having a little attack of nerves, that's all. Peter asks, suppose I get a big attack the night of the play. He then tells her, maybe she gets someone else. Miss Bailey simply stares at Peter, finally saying, let me have your script, Peter. Peter, thinking he's being kicked out of the play, (laughs) crosses to pick up his jacket and says, I don't blame you for taking my part away, Miss Bailey. If I can't remember my lines, I shouldn't even be in the play. Miss Bailey simply opens the script and says, Peter, come here. She lays the script down on the table. She rips a page out of the script, telling Peter, this is an old actor's trick. Now we just paste your lines on top of these plans to West Point. Then if you get stuck, all you have to do is read them. Mm. Then perhaps seeing right through Peter's charade says, I'll bet you never even thought of that. Peter stands there in shock and a realization of his plan not working. Peter looks at Miss Bailey saying,
1: no, I didn't. Mm. Thanks, bitch. <laughs> mm. The other kid was wearing a Hang 10 shirt.
0: That's cool. Mm. I didn't know they had Hang 10 back in 1700s. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, second, that was a terrible British accent. I mm. mean, not you, the guy in the play. Um, that kid looks stoned. <laughs> Did you notice that? No. Hmm. Um But she doesn't, the thing that irked me, she doesn't teach the kids to say line. I guess she's just always been that good. Nobody's ever forgotten. Yeah. Because like in most of the plays I've been in, like you kind of get, not really yelled at, but you kind of get talked to if you apologize when you (laughs) can't remember a word. Or if you ask, can you just give me the first, like you get kind of talked, like don't, don't waste our time. Just say Mm -hmm. line. Like don't apologize. Just say line. Hmm. Some. And I guess
0: my note here says the other kid was pretty good <laughs> as a regular part and as British
1: officer. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. His just his accent sucks. Yeah. Okay. Scene 13. Out in the backyard, we see Marcia running through the family room and out the sliding door with Carol in tow. Hmm. We can hear Marcia saying, oh, mom, where do you see it? And it works really good. We finally see Jan, Cindy, and Bobby standing next to a wooden cherry tree prop. Cindy explains that it's for the scene where George Washington chops down the cherry tree. Bobby announces that he'll be George Washington as he pulls out an actual hatchet. (laughs) Carol, waiting to see the demonstration, asks, Did Dad design that for you? (laughs) Jan Jan answers, Yeah, but I made an improvement. Mm -hmm. When Bobby chops it, the tree will fall over. But when Bobby chops the tree down, the trunk of the tree falls, but the top of the tree stays stationary. Hmm. All the kids just laugh. <laughs> Carol puts her hands behind her back saying, yeah, that's a, a very interesting improvement. As, she's too, as she too begins to laugh at what happened. You'll just laugh at Jan's failure. It's awesome. Yeah. Did you notice Jan's, Jan's outfit? No. She looked like a candy corn threw up on her. <laughs> like the colors of it and stuff. It was yeah. terrible. <laughs> Didn't notice. Okay. Consider yourself lucky because it was terrible.
0: <laughs> um, I don't get that prop. Because why wouldn't the top fall over? Because it looked like it
1: was pretty bolted on. <laughs> I don't... Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, know what they thought was going to happen or how you know, Jan, who's in high school and is not stupid would think that that ever worked correctly. Like, it's impossible that that ever worked right. Yeah. It would have been really easy to make it so that the top half falls down.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't know. It just it wasn't a very funny joke at all. It was kind of stupid.
0: Yeah, it would have been funny if they hit the trunk, but then just the bush part fell off or something. Right, yeah, not at all like where it was hit. I
1: don't know. Uh, <clears> or if the whole thing came apart.
0: Yeah, it didn't execute it.
1: Too. The joke wasn't executed well. Yeah, well, that's two jokes now that I didn't understand. But I
0: <laughs> Scene 14. Up in the boys' room, we see Peter sitting at the desk sad when Greg walks in to grab his coat. He asks Peter if he's coming to breakfast. Peter, with head in hand, says he'll be down in a couple minutes. Greg, seeing that his brother upset, says, Pete, look, if you're still trying to get out of that play, forget about it. Forget about it. There's no way out. Peter puts both hands down on the table, frustrated, and says, there's got to be a way out. Peter gets up and begins to pace, soon tripping on some roller skates. Peter then gets an idea and begins moving his desk and purposely knocking his chair over. But Greg walked out at this point. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Greg walked out. He then pretends to fall, grabs his ankle, and begins yelling, ow, 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 hoping that someone will hear him and come to his rescue. When nobody does, it begins to shout even louder. Ow! Ow! Soon, Carol comes walking in along with Mike. They both run to Peter, both asking if he's all right and what happened. Peter tells him that he tripped over the skate and twisted his ankle. As Carol and Mike inspect his ankle, Peter watches wide-eyed to see if his plan works. Carol, not sure what to do, yells, Oh, Mike, do something! No, oh, Mike, what do you think? Mike simply says, I don't know. Well, the skin's not broken. There doesn't seem to be swelling. Carol, not taking any chances at all, rips Mike's shirt up because he looks sexy as hell, like mm-hmm. a doctor. He's like, "Oh, Doctor Mike, are you sure you think he'll live?" He's
1: like, "Well, it seems to be stable." Oh yeah, I do that shit at home. Mike's like, "Can you get me a towel?" I'm like, "No," and I start ripping off my shirt. She's like, "I just spilled my drink." Like, you know? Yeah, Mike rips the sleeve off to use like a tourniquet and shit. And Carol's like. Oh, fuck yeah. She's like, oh, Mike. (laughs) 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 Oh, Mike, do something.
0: (laughs) Uh, Anyway, there doesn't seem to be swelling. It's not there. (laughs) Nurse Carol, there seems to be swelling in other places. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Carol, not taking any chances, tells him maybe you ought to stay home from school today. Peter, seeing his plan is working, says, no, 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 I don't want to miss rehearsal. Then begins telling them that he'll be okay. He fixes his pants and gets up with an exaggerated limp and leaves the room.
1: Hmm. I had skates like that and they suck. They're terrible. They're the ones that you put over your shoes. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I had a pair of those when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, So I put down... Now isn't he gonna get in trouble? Now isn't he gonna get Bobby in trouble for leaving the skates out in the middle of the floor? Because you know yeah. Mike and Carol are gonna go down and be like, Bobby, we you get your ass up there and pick up your skates because your brother just tripped on him and you know mm-hmm. could have broke his ankle. Um but awesome. also is he wearing Adidas? Maybe probably white with green, like three or four green stripes on the sides of them. I swear they're Adidas. Probably. I didn't know they had them back then. Yeah. these been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. Adidas. Scene. A 15. At rehearsal, we see Peter climb up the stairs to the stage as he begins limping across the stage towards Mrs. Bailey. Miss Bailey. He says hi to Miss Bailey and apologizes for being late, then turns away, hoping Miss Bailey would (laughs) notice him limp. Finally, Miss Bailey looks at Peter and asks, Peter, what happened to you? Peter begins explaining that there was a skate in his room and when I was practicing my lines I tripped over it Mm. Miss Bailey looks at him with concern and says oh I'm sorry does it hurt? Peter answers the pain isn't bad it's just that I can't walk without a limp Peter then begins to walk away saying I guess I'm out of the show (laughs) Miss Bailey smiles and says I wouldn't dream of letting you go Peter completely confused asks Huh? (laughs) You don't want a Benedict Arnold who limps. (laughs) But Mrs. Bailey comes back with Peter. Didn't you know? Benedict Arnold was wounded in the Battle of Saratoga. Mm. He had a limp for the rest of his life. Mm. My God. Peter can only answer asking, he did? Peter then gets excited for a second asking, which leg? Miss Bailey smiles telling him, the middle. No, I shouldn't say that. Um, the same one as yours. Isn't that lucky? Oh. Peter puts on a fake smile and says, Yeah, really
0: lucky. <laughs> so I really thought this was going in a different direction. It's like a callback to an old episode with Cindy Brady.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah.
0: I think it was from season one, maybe. What was it? Do you remember this episode where she was in a play or something? Um, oh, do, yeah. But- it was the one where she only had one ticket. So, she could either invite mommy or daddy. And so, she realized, you know, I just don't want to be in it anymore.
1: Yeah. And faked a limp. And I'm sure there's a Benedict Arnold reference in it somewhere. (laughs)
0: Probably. So, Cindy faked a limp and went, same scene. She walked in. To a rehearsal, limping probably same, around. Probably same auditorium. <laughs> yeah. And limping and everything, like, what's wrong, Cindy? And she's like, Oh, I hurt my foot and, then done, and then my ankle. And then I guess I can't be in the show. Yeah, yeah. But then her downfall is she limped away on the other foot. And the teacher was like, Well, Cindy, I thought it was your other foot. And she's like, Oh, it switches. <laughs> Oh,
1: she's stupid. Um, uh, you've brought that up a couple times. What's that? That she's stupid? Yeah. yeah. Does that bother you? No, no, no. I'm just saying. <laughs> just this is, is more
0: confirmation yeah. that she may have like need like special needs. Oh,
1: anymore. okay. Um, she she almost sounded <laughs> she being Mrs. Bailey, Miss Bailey, Miss Bailey almost sounded like she was making fun of him when she asked. I'm sorry. Did it hurt? Like it almost sounded like she was you know. <laughs> Making fun of him a little bit. Um, and all this time, no kids are making fun of him. So what the fuck is he still bitching about? <laughs> nah. Like, kids haven't made fun of him from what, from what we understand for two or three days now. Yeah. So why is he still dead set on not being on the show? <laughs> no like, idea. Because kids teased him th- four days ago? Yeah. I don't know. It a good question. Or a hmm. good point. Well, we asked the questions, so you don't have to. <laughs> That's right. Scene
0: 16. In the backyard, we see Mike on a piece of wood suspended between two ladders, along with some laundry detergent. Uh, Jimmy, it's not just any
1: laundry detergent. Okay. <laughs> it's safe. Laundry oh, detergent. Okay. Well, it's not very safe because he's suspended between two ladders. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you dig? He announces, I think we're about ready for a winter at Valley Forge. As Jam pulls on a rope, the snow begins to gently fall onto a tent. Carol, trying to be supportive, says, I'm beginning to feel cold already. Mike said, seriously? (laughs) You're okay, whatever, Carol. (laughs) But before they can continue, Alice comes to the door to tell Jan she has a telephone call and that it's from Miss Bailey. Jan explains to Carol and Mike that she probably wants to know about the sets for dress rehearsal. As Jan walks away, Mike begins coming down the ladder just as Peter begins walking through the yard coming home from school. When Mike sees him, he says, Aren't you home from rehearsal a little bit early? But Peter begins to talk with a raspy voice saying, Can't talk. Laryngitis. Carol, totally believing it, says, Well, that's sudden. When did it happen? What happened? (laughs) Peter answers, During rehearsal. Mike just stands there glaring at Peter. (laughs) bullshit detector Carol continuing to believe this will you be able to do the part in the play Mike still just staring at his wife in disbelief (laughs) Peter tells him that Miss Bailey is getting someone else Peter then tries to sell it by adding what luck Mike still stone face says boy that's tough Pete especially after all the time you've put in on it. Peter, getting nervous, says, I better go gargle or something, and nervously walks away. Mike, watching him walk away, says, his laryngitis seems to have cured his ankle. Carol, trying to play it off like she knows what's going on, says, Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. It's it's crazy, (laughs) right? Mike, right? She's like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: So totally noticed. <laughs> just then Jan comes walking out looking disappointed. But Carol asks, what's the matter, Jan? What's going on? <laughs> Jan informs them that the play is off because Peter has laryngitis. And then Miss Bailey said to just stop making the sets because she can't find a replacement in time. Carol asks Jan if she told Pete. But Jan tells her that she didn't have the heart, to. Jan adds that it would make him feel worse if he knew that. So we're just not going to tell him. (laughs) Yeah. Mike, not giving any fucks at all, says, let's see how much worse. (laughs) And walks towards the boys' room, and Carol's like, but Mike, he's not. He's gargling. He's not in his leg. Come on. (laughs) Let's let him be for now.
1: He'll feel terrible. (laughs) Is that what detergent used to look like? Like flakes? Yeah. Yeah. I really? Oh, okay. I suppose. Um, um, is that what they mean when they say living in a pup tent even when it rains? <laughs> get it?
0: Yeah, I, 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 I see the it. reference, but yeah. nobody listening understands the reference. Exactly, <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, there might be somebody going like, you know, I saw a play like in 1987. No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, why would anybody have two of those ladders? Because they're like like fucking twelve foot tall ladders, a frames. Like, why would you need two of those ever? Uh, for reasons just like this, I guess. Well, you <laughs> never know, Carol. We might have to make snow. He's an architect. He's got shit. I guess. Um. Also, Mike looked pissed. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! Isn't that happy? And Carol the whole time was just like, <laughs> <Why> <laughs> fucking is, Carol. Why,
0: why you look so mad? Like, <laughs> kids get sick, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> what? You have laryngitis and you sprained your ankle? My uh, God, I need to make your food. Like do something. <laughs> it's like a Petri dish over there at school.
1: <laughs> Scene. A 17. Up in the boys' room, we see Peter on the top bunk of the bed reading a comic book when there's a knock at the door. Peter brainfarts and says, come in, in his normal speaking voice. Hmm. When he sees that it's Carol and Mike... He quickly jumps off of the bunk telling them that he, he was just getting ready to go gargle. Mm-hmm. What's what's the line? What, line? He jumps, oh. uh, jumps with all the dexterity of a paratrooper. What's that from? I don't know. It's, it's from Biloxi we, Blues. It's oh my god. Fuck out of here, okay, here trying. You You probably go around work, tell people well, it's just, fuck you, yeah, I know Bloxy Blues. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> that is wine kind of chatty. Oh Oh shit. Uh, that only take a well it's like months. that one scene where they go up and ask Matthew Broderick hey what are you playing a guitar Bloxy Blues <laughs> <laughs> no okay <laughs> damn it we <Jimmy> <laughs> Carol <laughs> <laughs> Carol stops him first telling qu- telling him Peter <laughs> you must really feel bad having to drop out of that play <laughs> Peter does some half ass acting holding his throat saying oh yeah real bad <laughs> my then cuts in laying it all out saying Peter this morning it was your ankle this afternoon it was laryngitis now I want you to level with us you don't want to be in that play do you hmm. Peter gives up sits on Greg's bed and answers in his normal voice no I don't Carol asks well why Peter you said you were going to be the best Benedict Arnold ever Peter tells them You don't know what it's been like. Everyone riding me, booing and hissing at me because I'm playing a traitor. Mike, thinking this is some bullshit, begins getting mad, saying, oh, come on, listen, because you dropped out, the whole play is off. Peter, thinking he would simply get replaced, asks, what do you mean off? Miss Bailey can get someone else. Carol tells him, no, honey, she can't. There isn't enough time. Peter, realizing the scope of the issue, says, Gee, I I never thought that had happened. Mike adds to it saying, yes. And you let the whole lot of people down too. you know, Hmm. all those kids who worked on the show and Miss Bailey and even the audience. Hmm. Mike then hit Mike then hit him where it hurts saying, you know, that's pretty much what the real Benedict Arnold did, didn't he? Oh, oh shit. He went there. Mm hmm. Peter, finally realizing how selfish she's being, says, I never thought of it that way. Hmm. Carol, attempting to add to it, says, yes. But that's the way it is, isn't it, Peter? <laughs> Carol, shut the fuck up! That didn't even make any sense!
0: <laughs> Anyways. She finally caught up with the conversation. The whole time, she's like looking and going, what? <laughs> but his but his ankle and his... his, his <laughs> Mike, has got laryngeal. Uh, now get your ass to oh. rehearsal so we can go and get your ankle checked, <laughs> Carol. No, we don't have to. Well, that's right. It's feeling better, but you have laryngitis, an there and you need to rest your voice. <laughs> and as soon as you're you're better, then we're going to deal with all this. <clears throat> so get in the bed, Mister. Um, Carol. No, stop. <laughs> no, don't get. No.
1: I'm going to go help Alice in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Peter says. If I don't play the part of a traitor, I'll be a trader. Mike agrees with him saying, well, that's just about it. Hmm. Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That's fucked up. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Mike was pretty pissed. Yeah. Um, why hasn't Carol learned to just like take Mike's lead? Like, just don't try to think. Don't try to add to it. Just just do what Mike does. Um, Just stand by your man. And I hate to say it, but this scene would have been so much better if it was just my computer. Like, having Carol in the scene, it kind of ruined the scene, in my opinion. It would have been so much better. Because Mike... You know, no pun intended, but but Robert Reed is, is so much <coughs> is so much of an architect when it comes to scenes with little kids. Like we've talked about in the past, where he really shapes the scene out nicely because <coughs> he you did to, there. What's that? See what you did there? Yeah, yeah. Because he he tends to to split the scene up into different parts so that it's easier for the kids to comprehend and act through. <coughs> Excuse me. And you can see him sort of kind of do it with this one, but Carol fucking ruins it. So.
0: I feel like this is your way of saying the whole show would have been better without Carol.
1: It would have <laughs> oh It would have been an interesting show just seeing, you know, three boys and their dad trying to deal with being, you know, single without like some stupid woman. But well, what
0: about the three girls? Like how about Mike raising three girls and three boys?
1: Or what about them living with Mike because their mom doesn't want him anymore or is that the picture for some reason? She does Just anything to leave <laughs> Carol out of the show because Carol's such a bad character. I hate Carol. <laughs> and I apologize anybody (laughs) out there that really likes Carol some people may really like her but I don't I'm not one of those people once
0: again it's not Flohen no
1: it's not Flohen Flohen's awesome
0: yeah it's the character Carol yes
1: All right. so scene 18 this one's gonna be hard to read and I apologize Uh, at the beginning of this they go through the same scene that we've seen twice already right so I didn't put that in I I wouldn't (laughs) have but there's other stuff later on (laughs) there's a scene that plays out and it's It might be awkward to read some.
0: All right. Thank you, Jimmy. Yep. At the dress rehearsal, we see the final dress rehearsal. I see what you mean. That's that's a lot of dress rehearsal. (laughs) Of Peter's scene with the full set and costumes. Mike and Carol are in the audience watching, complete with Carol making stupid faces as they say their lines. As soon as they're done performing, Miss Bailey looks completely delighted as she claps her hands and shouts, Very good, boys! She then yells to the stage manager to draw the curtain. As it's done, the audience claps. Now, some people might be confused why there's an audience there. So they usually invite,
1: like, parents during dress rehearsals and stuff like that? Even in, like, community theater and stuff, the, the last dress rehearsal, you have an audience. Yeah. Okay. Some people learn in
0: theater, so... You know. yeah. As the clapping dies down, Miss Bailey shouts, Donna, your speech comes now. As we see a girl in a dress come out between the curtains,
1: she's a little troubled and she's she like, did. I not where's the, where's like, is that Gal- no, Galifianakis on the night show? Remember. Oh, did you do that? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> now we know where he got it. Fucking oh, yeah. thief. <laughs> Fucking thief.
0: She says, Major Andre was captured and convicted as a spy. But what of Benedict Arnold who fled to the English side to serve against his country for the rest of the war was that a question Yeah did I read it wrong No yeah. No I, I don't think one? you
1: read it any worse than she did
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay yeah I'm just doing her Okay We take you now to a county home in England 21 years later The girl then finds her way between the curtains once again and there's this backstage she's like where is it I don't know. <laughs> Um The audience once again claps. As the curtain opens, we see Benedict Arnold laying in bed with a girl by his side. Oh, shit. On her <laughs> knees, too. Yeah! Go, Benedict. Go, Benedict. Sorry. Get some Benedict. And then, like, years have passed, so now he's got, like, the old man, like, look to him. <laughs> Peter begins saying, I fear the end is near. It grows darker. Ever darker. The girl replies, But my poor dear husband, Peter answers, Hark, who goes there? Give me the password. Girl explains his mind wanders in his last moments. She then turns back to him, saying, Benedict, it is your wife, Peggy. Do you not recognize my voice? Peter puts his hand on her shoulder, saying, yes, it is Peggy, but knocks her wig off. For her head, Mm -hmm. to which she quickly (laughs) picks it up and puts it back on her head. Peter continues, my mind plays tricks. I'm going fast. The girl says, oh, my dear beloved. Peter says, my life passes before me. Once again, I am bargaining with Major Andre for my betrayal. Oh, forgive me. I die a broken man. Peter then dramatically throws his head down on the pillow. The girl stands saying, He sleeps at last! Peter wakes up again saying, (laughs) I can't sleep! Prompting the girl to once again kneel by his side. Peter continues once again saying, I am haunted by the nightmare of my past! Oh, forgive me! The girl, trying to make him feel better, yells, I forgive you! But Peter corrects her saying, Not you! I beg forgiveness of George Washington and the United States of America, to whom I pledge my allegiance for now and evermore. Wife, wouldn't you give me my old uniform? The girl answers, on the instant, dear heart. As she leaves to get his uniform, Peter gets up out of bed and crosses to a window on the set. The camera cuts to the audience to show Carol, pointing out how, fucking, how Peter fucked up.
1: Yeah, exactly. She wants yeah. to
0: point out the negative. Yeah, <laughs> Peter forgets to take off his boots. Mike jokes, I guess he wants to die with his boots on. <laughs> the teacher then too notices the boots and makes a face. Just then, the girl returns with the uniform and begins helping Peter put it on. Peter says, well, first of all, who's Peter? <laughs> oh, you mean Benedict Arnold? Yeah. The stage. Yes, Benedict. <laughs> Um, (laughs) It's okay, dick. (laughs) Just then the girl returns with the uniform begins to help Benedict Arnold put it on, Peter says, Thank you, wife. As she throws the jacket on him, tons of dust comes off the uniform, making both actors cough. Peter continues saying, May God forgive me for ever putting on another uniform. Peter then dramatically falls to the floor. The girl, completely calm, says, He is gone. Benedict Arnold is no more. The audience once again claps in appreciation. God. (laughs) Miss Bailey, once again, looking delighted, says, That's fine, children. I hope your performance goes well tomorrow night. Miss Bailey then gets up in front of the stage and addresses the audience, saying... Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you all for being here, and a special thanks from Mr. Brady for helping us with our sets, and to Mrs. Diller for her work on the costumes. And with a thank you, the audience claps once again as the audience gets up to meet the kids. Peter excitedly walks up to Mike and Carol asking, how was I? Carol and Mike shower him with praise, saying he was terrific, and that he was great. Carol then turns to the director, saying, Miss Bailey, you did a wonderful job with the kids. Miss Bailey lights up, saying, oh, thank you. You deserve credit, too. How did you ever get Peter over his laryngitis so quickly? Carol's like, I know, right? I just told him to gargle. (laughs) It's weird. Mike answers, saying, we used an old family remedy. Miss Bailey says, oh, I bet I know. That dreadful stuff you have to mix with something sweet to get down. Peter smiles and says, no, Miss Bailey. Dad just gave it to me straight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Carol adds, yeah, he gave it to me straight, too.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> Burn.
1: That's not really a but say sometimes it does if
0: you do it with the wrong person. <laughs> oh, and as Mike pats Peter on the shoulder, another puff of dust comes off his uniform.
1: <laughs> hmm. Um that was pretty funny and, and it looks like it actually took quite a bit of rehearsing on their part. Yeah. To get it to look like that. You know what
0: I mean? Yeah. See, I got a little confused because it seemed like the first part of the play was serious, but this scene was like intentionally.
1: It seemed like it. Yeah.
0: It was like, it was supposed to be funny and it was funny.
1: Yeah. yeah. But, I don't get it. but I mean, it was well done. Like it, it, it probably took Christopher Knight, a lot of rehearsing to get that right. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. Um, those set looked better than some of the community theater shows I've seen. <laughs> yeah. see the sets actually look pretty good. Um Also, that was a pretty quick, quick costume change for Peter. Yeah. That was only like maybe 20 seconds or something. Um That's why he left his boots on. Thanks, Kara, for
0: pointing that out. I would have mm-hmm. just
1: assumed it was part of it. But so, Jan the was, was the prop master too? Was she? Well, apparently, because she handed the coat to him. Oh, I guess so. Um... You can, that's funny. When Peter drops to the ground, you can see him coughing. That's thought that was kind of
0: straight (laughs) through.
1: That was awesome.
0: Yeah. And I thought it was kind of messed up that she didn't like thank Jan at all for all the hard work she did. Well,
1: I mean, she may have, it's typical, like, you know, it's typical to have a, um, um, a cast party afterwards. Yeah. So she might have something planned for all the kids at the cast party. I guess. She only thanked Mr. Brady and then some lady. That was it. She yeah. didn't thank Peter or anybody like that. True. So she's probably going to save all that for the cast party. All right. All right. I'll give it to Miss Bailey on that one. All right. Scene 19. Up in the boys' room, we see Peter wearing a paper hat along with his script. Well, he's not wearing a script, he's carrying a script, <laughs> and he's wearing a paper hat. He paces <laughs> gotcha. back and forth in his room saying maybe the paper hat is a script. Maybe you never know. Yeah. I, George Washington, your commander in chief, command you to row for the far shore. Hmm. Bobby walks in from the bathroom saying, will you cut it out, Pete? You're Benedict Arnold in that play. (laughs) Peter tells him that he knows, but that he still thinks he could have done a great George Washington. Hmm. He goes on saying, I can just see myself standing on the bow of the boat crossing the Delaware Peter begins again saying, I, George Washington, your commander in chief, command you to row for the far shore. Bobby mm-hmm. then butts in saying, uh, General, you know, there's one thing missing. Peter asks, what is that? Bobby tells him the spray of water on your face. Mm-hmm. He then pulls out a squirt gun and sprays it at Peter. Uh-huh. Peter wrestles it away from no, Bobby. he did and begins spraying him back. <laughs> it's funny because he actually sticks it up his shirt and starts spraying. It was kind of fun. Um, so yeah, It's two goofballs. Yep. Huh. And that's the end of the episode. The of the episode. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. So
0: I have an email to read. Uh, okay.
1: <laughs> you mean it's kind of like that movie? What movie is that, Jimmy? <laughs> You know the one where you they where they say, "You've got mail." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's better than uh, what I'm coming up with. Okay. Yeah.
0: Anyway, so this one is from Jill P. We've heard from her before. This one says, "Dear Tack and Jimmy, uh-huh. dearest tak and Jimmy."
1: Learist Tack and Jimmy.
0: Hello, I, I have finished listening to... Oh, that's probably not what she sounds like. <laughs> she says, hello, I finished listening to your latest episode, Career Fever. And Jimmy was discussing the Brady careers from a fan website. Mm, yeah, yeah. Marsha did work as a fashion designer, however, married a man named Wally and had two kids. Mm-hmm. Jan was indeed an architect and she married a college professor. It was a guy named Philip who was a bit of a self-righteous drip or jag off, time. as we would like to say here in Pittsburgh, LOL. Mm-hmm. They ended up adopting a child named Patty. As always, keep up the last for us Brady heads. You guys rock Jill
1: S from PA. You know, Jill, I, I'm going to be going on vacation to Pittsburgh in a couple of years. Oh, a couple so of years. Yeah. Now for, to celebrate me and Megan's 20th wedding anniversary.
0: Oh, nice. So, uh, uh, why
1: Pittsburgh? Uh, well, we're actually going to a lot of places. We're going, we're stopping on the way up to, um, uh, I think, a place in Georgia. Uh, a place, I can't remember where else, but we're at, uh, ultimately going to end up in Minnesota. And then we're going to cut from Minnesota over to Pittsburgh. And then leaving Pittsburgh, we're going to go to like Gatlinburg and Tennessee and I think North Carolina and stuff. Gotcha. So, yeah. Minnesota, don't you know? Yeah. So, we're going up in the wintertime, too. Oh, fun. Hell yeah. No yes yes but no you're right i in the show i never really liked um jan's husband either he was kind of a yeah jack off that's that's a good word for it because yeah and it's kind of it's kind of weird because i always thought like as a kid i thought that i for some reason i thought jan and Marsha's husbands were mixed up because Marsha, like spoiler alert i guess ends up marrying like kind of a like a and he's kind of a nerdy dork kind of guy, and yeah. Jan marries a guy that thinks he's he's kind of snobby and thinks he's like better than everybody else. So
0: that's kind of like in Roseanne, where they talk about Becky and Darlene's husbands should have been actually flip flopped. So Darlene's husband should be dead. Well, Which in a sense, down. yeah. Sorry. I mean, it's true. I mean, I mean that if you watch the original finale of Roseanne, she actually says that they actually were flip flopped, hmm. but the story showed it the other way. Hmm. So yeah. okay. Neato. All right. So I appreciate you sending that email, Jill. It's always good to hear from you. I appreciate that. It is. And just so you know, Joe, we did have fun here today. Don't be offended. We do love the show. And
1: we're not racist or sexist. And it's not just Jill, but everybody.
0: Don't be don't yeah, be offended. Yeah, yeah. Don't be offended.
1: Everybody don't be offended. I just like to refer to whoever wrote soon, Okay. Because you know? I used cool.
0: to say you, but then it
1: got weird. Right um we would also personally like to thank um our producers from patreon mm-hmm. because without you this could not be possible Mm-mm. and a special shout out to jenny and jim uh-huh. um they're the ops they're the ones that started all got started the ball rolling mm-hmm. kind of like from you know indiana jones with a well that's a big fucking ball rolling no that's that doesn't make sense <laughs> um <laughs> But without you guys, it wouldn't have gotten started in the first place. And uh, we thank you tremendously. Tremendously. And we do have some homework assignments to dish out to everybody.
0: Yes. First one is check out the website. Yes. At bradypodcast.com. Do a rate and review on Apple Podcast, Podchaser, and CastBox. Tell two friends about the show. Or if you don't like it, like Jimmy says, tell your in-laws.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Or your boss. Send an email to the show and tell us how you like or dislike the show at averybradypodcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group and join the conversations and the fun at A Very Brady Facebook group. If you would like to be a producer, I want to be a producer. um, Mm -hmm. Check out Patreon at www.patreon.com slash A Very Brady Podcast. Check out our Instagram at A Very Follow us on Facebook
0: and get updates. Check out the Retro Network at
1: theretronetwork.com. Check out RT Public Store for merch. Link is in the description of this episode. And most importantly, go out there and get
0: you some Brady Bunch on. Oh, yeah. Watch you some Brady Bunch. Get
1: all freaky watching a Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody watching? Mm-mm. And... Tack has some homework for you to do so you can get started today. Ooh. Take it away, Tack. So on the next
0: episode, we're going to be doing season four, episode 13, Love and the Older Man. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. Marsha has a crush on her new dentist. Oh, damn. Which only intensifies when she mistakes an opportunity to babysit for him as a date with him to the ballet. Oh, shit.
1: Hmm can't wait for that that sounds interesting it does sound interesting well i guess if you have no other movie quips
0: <laughs> i i'm i nope no huh? <laughs> i can't
1: <sighs> wait nope no. Well, so it noise. sounds like the next episode is going to be about some romance <laughs> oh so you know that reminds me of a time what's that <laughs>
0: It reminds me of this movie I saw one time. What's that? <laughs> when when Michael Douglas is talking to Catherine, Kathleen Turner. Okay. And they have this, like, gem. Okay. And he was like, so are you going to come over here and kiss me? Or are you going to keep continuing to, are you going to be romancing the stone? <laughs> That's that's good.
1: See that's a good one. No, <laughs> wasn't a good one. Was so I would have gone with you have two choices. Romance and stone. No? Okay,
0: no, That right. doesn't work either. Okay. Good. I should have done something Girl more with stone. Work. I heard stone, but I was thinking of gem because that's what it really is. Well that's truly outrageous. But I should have gone stone
1: what? I said, Well that's truly outrageous. <laughs> 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 okay. All right. Oh my God. Let's just get out of here. Okay. So if you don't have anything else. No, I don't. I'm I done. have been Jimmy and I've been Tack, and this has been a very podcast and we will see you on another
0: sunshine day. Keep smoking. Oh oh this has been a presentation of the retro network.